zone. Here's a crew perfectly comfortable using Baylor twine as a belt. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our show. I'm Nate Zimdars filling in for Pam Yankee this morning. It's a Friday. It's the end of a work week, and there is an exciting weekend coming up, hopefully for everybody. There's some exciting things going on in the state of Wisconsin today. The Wisconsin State Fair just began yesterday at the Wisconsin State Fair Park in West Allis. It was a great opening day, and there is sure to be some more action-packed fun coming into today and through the weekend. If you're interested in heading out to the Wisconsin State Fair today, you can expect to see in the agriculture world some Junior Dairy Cow Breed Shows, Junior Dairy Heifer Breed Show, the Clydesdale Draft Horse Show, as well as Junior Rabbit Show, the Junior Dairy Goat Show, and the Open Swine Market Barrow Show. Those are just a few of the agricultural events happening at the Wisconsin State Fair today. And taking a look at our weather, it looks like it'll be a fairly decent day today. Highs are going to be in the mid-80s. It's going to be partly cloudy. We'll get a more in-depth look at our weather a little bit later here in the show. But for anyone who has experienced rain in the last day or so, a reminder to please text that information to us on our Farm Talk text line. As always, we would love to know how much rain you have received in your area. If you would like to send us that information, talk to us on our Farm Talk text line. Our number is 877-301-FARM. Again, that is 877-301-FARM. We got a great show coming up ahead for you this morning. I'll be having a conversation with Jamie Butkey. She is the executive director of the Wisconsin Association of Fairs. She speaks about the current progress of the county fair season, as long as some exciting developments relating to county fairs at the state capitol. And then at the end of our program, you will be hearing from Charity Seebecker. She speaks with one of our Century Farm Families. That is a feature that we just began last week, and we will be celebrating those Century Farm Families as well as the Sesquicentennial Farm Families. So those are families who have had farms in their family for either 100 or 150 years. We'll be celebrating them at the Wisconsin State Fair next Tuesday. Please stay tuned. we got a great show ahead for you. Whether it's finally getting that blue ribbon or enjoying too many carnival rides, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs as they celebrate 100 years of fairs to share the fair story. Entries are being accepted all summer long and there are cash prizes. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. Keeping Wisconsin strong. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. When you walk through the gates of Wisconsin State Fair, you have countless options to eat and drink around the park. You also have the chance to make your dollar go a little further by supporting the Wisconsin State Fair Park Foundation. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, talking with Anna Zek at Wisconsin State Fair Park in West Dallas. She's the executive director of the foundation. 
There are a couple of new elements this year to what the foundation has to offer for both kids and adults. At the Milk House, you'll find one-of-a-kind milk flavors for only a dollar. They also have the Blue Ribbon Brownies for sale. And in the Central Park area, you can purchase beer and wine and cocktails. Anna has the details, starting with what the Wisconsin State Fair Park Foundation does. So the Milk House is a 30-year tradition at the Wisconsin State Fair. It's beloved. It's considered, you know, a must-do of the fair. Um, it's been around for 30 years. It was started by Senator Herb Cole, um, and then it was transferred to the Milwaukee Bucks, and then last year it was transferred to the foundation. So we like to say every sip helps. We reinvest every dollar back into the fair you love. And ahead of the fair, you get your milk shipment. Can you tell me where the milk comes from and how much you're hauling in? <laughs> Absolutely. We, we bring it in from Prairie Farms. They're one of our sponsors. And we have four flavors this year. We have strawberry cheesecake, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and root beer, which is our biggest seller. So we're really excited about four really exciting flavors that will pair really well with the Blue Ribbon Brownie, which you used to be able to find in the Cream Puff Pavilion, and that has now been relocated over to uh, the Milk House as well. How do you decide the flavors of the milk every year? So we are run by a really amazing board of 15 individuals who are, you know, really represent the community, and we have a little fun tasting party and um, choose those flavors for the year. How much do you go through? So we, the, each serving is eight ounces, so it's a nice eight ounce pour. And last year we sold 77,000 cups of milk. 77,000 cups of milk. And again, that money is being reinvested into the fair. How? So we have a variety of different programs that speak to our mission. And our mission is really to help the fair to grow and we do that by supporting capital improvements, park beautification, and ag education programming here at the fair park. So when you come to the fair this year and you come to Central Park, you'll see that the old fountain has been taken out and there's a new, you know, really like Instagrammable space with, um, you know, featuring like Wisconsin stones and things of that nature and that's an example of one of the kinds of things that um, the foundation does for the fair. Again, four flavors of milk to look forward to at the Milk House at Wisconsin State Fair Park during the best 11 days of summer. And to pair along with your 8-ounce glass of milk is also that Blue Ribbon Brownie. Tell me about the popularity of that among fairgoers. So we are so excited to be able to feature one of you know the iconic state fair products at the Milk House this year. The brownie has been around you know for many years, and it's always been like the you know the little sister to the cream puff. And we thought by moving it over to the Milk House, you know, it could really shine as a hero itself. Seventy-seven thousand cups of milk. How about the brownie? So this is our first year, so we're going to be learning a lot um, in the first few days. So we are working with a baker who is going to be helping us to meet our needs, and you know we're just crossing our fingers that it you know turns out to be a, you know a really popular item that can be paired with milk and and really add to that experience. Again, used to be at the Cream Puff Pavilion. Now it'll, the Blue Ribbon Brownie will be at the Milk House. Do you know how many you expect to have to sell? Yeah, we're hoping to sell 10,000. So that's our goal. We'll, we'll see how close we get to that in our first year. I'll be one of those oh, people. Thank you. <laughs> Again, Milk House is just one part of the Wisconsin State Fair Park where you can stretch your dollar to go back into the fair and its programs. The other is a, a new feature, the bar. <laughs> yes, so we are really excited this year to 
add a new fundraising um, opportunity for other folks. Um, so in addition to the milk house, um, if you walk to Central Park, right across from the Bud Pavilion, you will see a new bar, and it's called the Charity Bar. It'll be all lit up. You won't be able to miss it. And everything you order from the Charity Bar, 30% of that is going to come back directly into the foundation. So we're going to take those dollars and reinvest them into our mission-driven programming as well. What are the options at the bar? Oh, everything you would get at a bar at the State Fair. So beer and cocktails and all the good stuff. Can you give me an example, Anna, or maybe share the amount of money that you were able to bring in in years past to help support your efforts during Wisconsin State Fair? Well, we are a small foundation, but some of the dollars that we have brought in through the Milk House, um, you know, last year, you know, totaled about $75,000 that we're able to bring in. We do a wide variety of fundraising. That's just one, but we do a golf outing that's very successful with, you know, the extended fair family. We run the Cream Puff 5K run walk that takes place two weeks before the fair, and we have a full membership program as well. So we have 365 days worth of programming to help you know, our beloved donors make a difference at the fair park all year round. Do you have a success story you can share for us of the impact that these dollars have made, maybe in particular on the youth? So just this year, we were very, very excited to support the first ever Ag Discovery Day at the fair. So in May, it was the first week of May, we brought in over 700 elementary school teachers and their chaperones and teachers, um, and we gave them the experience of a day at the fair and just kind of showcasing the best of Wisconsin agriculture to kids from Milwaukee Public Schools, West Allis Schools, right here in our own community, and then TOSA as well. So it was just a great opportunity. Teachers said it was the best field trip that they've ever been on. The kids were able to engage with many of our partners, whether it was the, the Honey Association or it was you know, the Wisconsin State Fair Dairy Promotions Board. Um, we got a um, fiberglass cow that the kids could have the opportunity to milk and just giving them experience of what Wisconsin agriculture means to the state, to many kids who have never and will never have the opportunity to come to a farm. Yeah, they got that right here at Wisconsin State Fair Park, thanks to foundation dollars and the people that came to support the foundation. What's your goal this year? Do you have a a goal that you're trying to make during Wisconsin State Fair? Well, we'd like to beat last year, of course. Um, That's always the goal, to continue to grow. Um, But, you know, our most, you know, our, our biggest goal is just to really, you know, give everyone that experience. For many people, coming to the Milk House, you know, is is really a must-do at the fair. It's part of, you know, what they've done for, you know, as growing up and now with their own families. So it's really our, you know, honor to continue that tradition at the State Fair. And again, that goal that you're looking to beat, so beat last year, which was 75000 And then any plans to where you're going to invest the money after this year's? Well, after the fair, uh, we are run by, you know, a board of directors. And after the fair, we'll reassess what programs and projects are on the books for 2024. So there will be more to that to come. And I'm sure it's going to be just some really exciting new things. More details to come on where the Wisconsin State Fair Park Foundation will invest the dollars they bring in this year from the fair. And boy, do they have some exciting fundraising opportunities for fairgoers this year. It starts at the Milk House, where they're selling four very unique flavors of milk for just $1. And that ice-cold milk will help wash down the Blue Ribbon Brownie, which is now for sale also at the Milk House. And if the adults are looking for a stronger treat, they can visit the Charity Bar in Central Park, 
30% of your tab goes to the foundation. And as executive director and Zek told us, those dollars are reinvested into the state fairgrounds and into the community. Their event in May gave more than 700 Milwaukee youth a first-hand agricultural experience. For many of those students, it was for the first time. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You can rely on Blaine's Farm and Fleet for the best prices on products that deliver. Like Laren, two and a half ton floor jacks with case, just $64.99. Stock up on five gallon pails of Valvoline Premium Blue 15W40 Oil, $81.99 after $25 mail-in rebate. Take $25 off Kurt trailer hitches, bike rack hitches, Morning, and Stu. special How you doing? order hitches. And remember, we install all hitches for your convenience. I'm doing all right. And Thanks for asking. You ready to go this morning? Blaine's Farm and Fleet Antifreeze on sale, ten seventy nine. Perfect. We'll be Everyone up in two. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. Your healthcare journey in a hospital system can give you the heebie-jeebies. From navigating the parking garage to sitting in the crowded waiting room worrying about the results and cost. MH Imaging in Middleton performs MRIs, CTs, X-rays, and ultrasounds for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And parking is just a few steps away. Results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. If your conversations always start with the weather, welcome to the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, everyone. It is time now for your Compere Financial Egg Weather Update with Stu Muck. This morning on my way into work, Stu, looking outside, it was a bright big moon. Not quite full anymore, but still, the sky was clear, the moon was out. I don't think that's going to last very long, just from the preliminary look that I saw at the forecast. Is that right? Let's talk about some weather. Let's talk about the rain that moved through eastern Wisconsin. Kind of stormy last night from northeast into east central Wisconsin. Few rainfall reports from over there. Uh, Juneau near Beaver Dam, 42 hundredths of an inch. The Fond du Lac Airport, 73 hundredths of an inch. My rain gauge right here in the uh, Eden area at 31 hundredths of an inch. Over near the Sheboygan and Fond du Lac County line near Armstrong, a quarter inch. So a little rainfall did fall last evening. Kind of stormy in some areas, but the cool front dropped southeast through the state. That front pushing further south and away today is going to allow for a little cooler air to settle in and a little drier day. It sounds pretty nice indeed. No rain on the rain on the radar to even talk about. 
except when we look toward the western Dakotas, down into south-central Nebraska, north-central parts of Kansas, nothing nearby, not a big threat for us. That's all right. That front does stay off to the south, and those temperatures stay a little cooler. But low pressure will begin to wedge in out of the west, a system still kind of organizing in the high plains right out of the uh, Rocky Mountains. Now, that system's approach could lead to even late Saturday night or more likely into Sunday, some chances of rain. Not great news for the parade at this year's Eden Fireman's Festival on Sunday, because we may very well be talking about showers or even some thunderstorm activity. A small chance in the morning, a greater possibility into the afternoon and on toward evening. And I think we're talking about that uh, late part of Sunday into Sunday night, where rain amounts could push up uh, easily in a half to one inch range. There's some indication of an inch or more falling around southern Wisconsin as we look towards Sunday night into Monday. The chance of rainfall lingering Sunday night into Monday could add some more measurable rains, more rain amounts to talk about come Monday morning when things could very well be in a little more of a wet state after some rainfall. Not the worst of news for crop conditions at this time of the year. I'll have our forecast details right after this. What BioVet does, and where the livestock producer gets their benefit, is our technology helps them with the things that they sometimes don't even know they're missing out on. Not just worrying about animals when they're sick, but trying to keep them as healthy and happy as possible as well. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. We're back now with our Compeer Financial Ag Weather Update with Stu. And looking at our weather report, some of the rain totals over the last couple of days from folks, actually just yesterday, it looks like up north, just a little bit away from Madison, there were some folks there who got a little bit of rain. Joanne in Fond du Lac reported that she had five-tenths of an inch of rain. We have a report from Linda in Reeseville up in the Dodge County area. She had eight-tenths of an inch of rain. We also have four-tenths from a pop-up storm in Stockbridge. That was reported by Tommy. And then also Dennis in Brownsville. He shared that he received a half an inch up in Brownsville. So looking ahead, Stu, looks like uh, we're going to get a little bit of that rain, and hopefully folks can maybe uh, take some time to get out, of, get out of the fields, get away from doing some outside work, and maybe attend the Wisconsin State Fair and see some of the great exhibits that are going on there. Not a bad plan either, but uh, let's look at a nice, beautiful day today with that cold front through the area, not nearly as warm. Mostly sunny skies today, and a lot of mid-80s. Could be an upper 80 yet toward La Crosse, you know, about 88. East winds will be around 5 to 10. Overnight, becoming partly cloudy, certainly cooler. Low 60s with the east winds about 5 to 10. Partly sunny skies Saturday, a fine day. A small chance of a late afternoon or evening shower. Now, I expect tomorrow's temps to be a lot closer to 80 or just in the very low 80s with those east winds at 5 to 10. But for Sunday, a mostly cloudy day, a scattered shower or storm, a little more likely as we look toward the afternoon. For most of us, about 80 or upper 70s with the southeast winds at 5 to 15. The rain overnight, Nate, Sunday night into Monday is when there's some indication of localized heavier amounts. We may talk about some pretty wet conditions come Monday morning. 
Thank you very much for that update, Stu. Much appreciated. And as always, it's good to have rain in our forecast. That's your Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Compure Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compure.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The policy development process for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau benefits farmers because if you have an issue, you can bring that forward and it's a grassroots organization. You vote on it at your county, district, and then it eventually goes to the state level and policy could be developed on the issue that you have. WFBF.com. Let's solve your issue. A voice for farmers. A vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Iuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. Huge amounts of time sitting incorrectly in the office can easily give that slouch an ouch. This is Zach from Office Furniture Warehouse. Help your back pain, neck pain, and eye strain with adjustable desks, chairs, or dual arm monitor mounts from Office Furniture Warehouse. Name brand Office Furniture with warehouse pricing allows us to create better workspaces for America's workforce. For healthy choices without the ouch, visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor, but... It's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop? 
That's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. And although I'd love to talk your ear off about windows, today's all about doors. Your front door can say a lot about you. Window World specializes in turning a bland entrance into a grand entrance. We have top quality products, a variety of paint and stain options, and certified factory trained installers. It's a no-brainer. Visit us at windowworldmadison.com. We get it. You need the most durable truck and a return on it, too. That's why Ewald Chevrolet Buick is your certified agriculture dealer. With your purchase, receive AgPack at no additional cost to you. A package of farm and ranch discounts with savings up to $30,000. Right now, finance a new 2023 Silverado TurboMax or select heavy-duty models for just 1.9%. Find new roads at EwaldChevroletBuick.com. On select models with approved credit, see dealer for details. Now that we're into training camp, you know, you're starting to get your first look at Jordan Love running the show, being the guys. He's now had Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson for a couple of years, going on year two. Does he look better, the same, or do I say worse, than when you were only seeing bits and pieces Ooh. of him getting, you know, the, the second snap, uh, the secondary snaps here because he wasn't a starter? Yeah, really, I mean, really good question, Rowdy. I, I, I would say he looks slightly better, and, and, and I and I do think he has more chemistry, uh, you know, with, with these young guys than, than Rodgers did probably at, at this time last year. Now, and, and remember, some of these young guys were taking second-team reps, you know, for, for a part of the year uh, last year with Love. So, he, you know, he does have a chance there to develop some chemistry. And, and, and again, I, I think these are relationships that, you know, a, a year from now, if love turns out to be the guy long term, we you know, and 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 he proves that 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 he should be the face of the franchise, the franchise quarterback moving forward. You know, we're we're going to be talking, you know, Rowdy about you know the, these relationships and how they were built from 2022 on and how they blossomed and 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 how a guy like Watson has a chance probably to turn into an All Pro and and Dobbs has a chance to be a, a 75 catch guy and and just a really really solid number two but but i would say top to bottom you know and and, and every day has has its ups and downs but jordan love has probably shown a little bit more this summer than than he has in in prior ones rowdy at the same point in time you know there were always and, and 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 granted he's following two hall of famers right so so setting the bar and the expectations to that level is is silly it's foolish you know, but but on a given practice, Rogers, Favre, those guys, you know, they had, they had two, three, four wow wow plays, fast splash plays that left the crowd going wild on a on a given Tuesday morning over there, you know, on on Oneida Street. Love doesn't make as many of those, which which again isn't isn't the worst thing in the world. You you don't need you know four splash plays a week to go win football games. You know, I, the way they're going to win football games this year. I, I still say is playing great defense, running the football, you play action passing, and having Jordan Love run the offense that Matt LaFleur wants and doing it consistently. He's not going to have to make, 
you know, a throw like Rodgers did in the Super Bowl between two people into the belly of Greg Jennings, you know, into double coverage to, to, to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's not going to, you know, have, have, have to have a breast bar of laser into triple coverage that somehow Freeman goes up and makes the catch or something like that. You know, the offense is going to be run the way Matt LaFleur has wanted the offense to be run since 2019. The plays that he sends in that he calls are probably going to be the plays that are run at the line of scrimmage. And now it's just up to Jordan Love to execute those. You know, you may, you may not see Jordan Love on, on all the highlight reel shows when, when, a, when a, a, a Sunday night rolls around, guys. But he might have a stat line that, that's really solid, right? 17 to 25 for 202 and two touchdowns or something like that. He might not blow your mind, but I think he's going to be good enough and serviceable enough. And the way they're going to run the ball with that offensive line and those two running backs, that I think they can still win a decent amount of football games with that guy. Hi, Rob. You were talking about – good question by Nelly, by the way. We were talking about patience, right? Are people going to have patience for uh, Anders Carlson? What is he hitting, 60% of his field goals right now in training camp? What the hell is going on with that guy? And a two-for-seven last Saturday, which, oh, 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 which, which absolutely has to scare everybody in the world, right? You know, 28.5% on – uh, you know, last week. Yeah, I, I, it, 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 it's going to be one of the fascinating parts of training camp. My guess is, yes, Evil, they will have patience with him. And, and I guess I would still bet on him being the kicker when the when the, when the season opens up. I mean, you, you, you have to remember, for all practical purposes, they have given personnel side of things with special teams. They've almost handed them over to Rich Passaccia. And, and Passaccia loves this guy. You know, we, we all know the story. He, he, he you know, he, he's had, he had the brother Daniel at, at, at times, um, certainly with the Raiders. And, you know, and Daniel's turned into one of the better kickers in the league. Does, does that mean Andres can do the same thing? Absolutely not. You know, but, but Daniel had a rough start, too, in Minnesota. And he, and he only lasted, what was it, six, seven, eight games with the Vikings before they moved on from him four or five years ago and, you know, but in the last three years, Daniel Carlson's been one of the best kickers in the league. You know, he's on the he's on the uh, positive side of plus ninety percent. And but but can uh, can Anders do it? No, there, there's there's nothing in his track record, Evo, that that suggests that he he can do it. Bringing home the bacon, literally. This is the Midwest Farm Report. County fair season is in full swing. There have been over a dozen counties that have already had their county fair, and we are not even halfway through the county fair season. I'm Nate Zimdars with the Midwest Farm Report, and I spoke with Executive Director of the Wisconsin Association of Fairs, Jamie Butkey, about how county fair season is progressing, in addition to some legislative conversations at the state capitol that will have an impact on county fairs. How have county fairs in Wisconsin been doing so far this year? We're not even quite halfway through the year, but so far, what's it look like? 2023 has been a really great year so far, unless you were a fair that got hit with some weather. What I'm hearing back from my fairs is that people are coming in, the barns are full, vendors are happy, patrons are happy, and even those that got rain, from what I'm understanding so far, they maybe got one, maybe two days. They haven't been completely rained out either. So far, all the news that I've been hearing from our fairs is that people have been out and about and supporting the fairs. So it's safe to say that attendance numbers are probably up, both in terms of people visiting fairs and also showing at the fair? I would think that that's going to be the case. We'll find out better numbers in fall, but based on the fairs that I've gone to and what I've heard back, yes, people are out and about. And I would say that over the last three years since we've come back from COVID, 2022 wasn't quite back to what the standards were prior to COVID. So I have a feeling that 2023 is going to get our numbers back to what we were prior to that. 
What are some other trends that you've been noticing at county fairs from the ones that you've seen in person and also some of the other ones that maybe you've just been hearing from? Well, I think one of the things, and our fairs have always done a fabulous job of this, and they they just keep getting better at it. We're the event that still talks about how milk gets from the farm to the table or why are you showing an animal like we're, we're the educational component that separates us differently from festivals and, and just concerts and I think one of the things our fairs have tremendously continued to do better on is ag education at the fairs I take the northern Wisconsin State Fair for example they just put up a lot of brand new buildings and they created an egg center So, like, they're looking at as much as it benefited while the fair was taking place, they took it that all year long they plan on having this agricultural center where kids can come and learn about the different areas of agriculture. And they've worked with the schools in their area. And so many of our fairs have what they call egg adventure tents or egg land and that type of stuff. And I think we're just really, truly understanding that that's what separates us from other events, and that's why it's so important. And so I think the continuing to keep egg education in front of the fair goers and more and more generations, I think sometimes we're educating the parents as much as we are as the kids and keeping it in a fun environment, I think is just something that our fairs have really been doing an exceptional job at. I think it's interesting you mentioned the egg adventure aspect of things, because I can remember that was, it seemed like a novelty when it first came out, and now multiple fairs are doing that. Is that that's something that you have noticed getting away from the egg venture side of things, but with other perhaps unique things at a county fair, are you noticing that perhaps there's a county out there that comes up with an idea, they launch it, and then suddenly a lot of other county fairs in the area are also getting into it as well? It's funny you bring that up because we get together every April and every October. We do district meetings and we talk about the things that worked really well and sharing of ideas. And if that's one thing our industry has been really good about is if I have a blueprint on, a, on something that worked really great, I'm going to share it and give it to another fair. We are really finding that our fairs are doing that. So one of the things I think that's really taken off lately is type of a special needs category where kids with special needs can come into a fair, they can come and meet an animal, and they could go in a show ring with an animal. And we're finding that that's happening at more fairs kind of an all-for-one show where the exhibitors get to help them, and we're seeing that at more fairs, which I think is just a great opportunity. That's one of probably the things I smile the most at is that they're trying to find ways to incorporate everyone at the fair. The other thing that I'm seeing, which I think is really great from the exhibitor standpoint, is we're seeing like an overall showman so that kids maybe aren't only focused in dairy, right? Maybe that's their thing, but they have to learn a little bit about swine and they have to learn a little about beef or about chickens, right? And then they learn just enough to show every species and educate themselves and then become an overall showman at the the fair. And that's another thing that I see our fair is doing a lot of. Now let's shift gears a little bit, Jamie. Let's talk about news that broke this last week at the state capitol. There were some conversations about legislation, Senate Bill 311, that would double the state's share of prize money for local fares from 10000 per fare to 20000 per fare. What does the Wisconsin Association of Fairs feel about that? Well, it's been a year-long process, always making some changes in legislation. It is now $650,000 that we as fairs will receive as part of state aid. It used to be uh, the last couple of years we've raised it from 350 up to 450. Um, so this year it'll now be 650. And it was something that we used to get $650,000 back in 1998, 1999, and there was a legislative cutback in that time. So since that time we've been trying to get a little bit added every year. So we've had probably from 2001, 250,000 that we 
we've slowly been trying to increase it. So 650 is a really nice number. One of the things, the number that you talked about, there's a cap in there. There's 74 fairs that receive state aid. They have different paperwork that they have to submit to the Department of Ag in order to receive that state aid. And some fairs pay out. They don't receive 100% of the premiums back from the state. So there are a lot of out-of-pocket expenses that uh, the fairs have. And so because we had low funding, the cap was in place so that every fair still got an equal share. So changing the cap max that a fair could receive from 10000 to twenty is really a huge deal. There's enough funding to make that happen. We only have one fair that won't max out, and that's the Walworth County Fair, and they spend more than $40,000 on premiums. So it's a really great thing for our fairs. It continues to help them encourage exhibits to take place because, you know, it's one thing to pay the premiums, but the other thing that fairs have to cover are the expenses to remove the manure, to have buildings available, to have lodging for all those animals and those exhibits that are going to be there. So they can focus different funding to cover that component so that the premiums that they receive from the state aid really are going back to the exhibits and the exhibitors for all the great work that they do for the fair. Another conversation piece that came up during the session discussing that legislation was also the issue of exhibitors being able to show at multiple county fairs and receive premiums. Can you give us a little more background on what exactly that issue was and where things stand as of right now? Sure. So, and it has been that all along with state aid, exhibitors can show at multiple fairs. They can go to multiple fairs. They can earn a premium. That hasn't changed. We did have, of our 74 fairs, we had a few fairs that misinterpreted the rule differently and said that I can still collect a state-aided premium from the state on an exhibit that's already been shown elsewhere. So it was kind of a clarification process, if you will, to say the majority of the fairs were following the rule that you could exhibit at multiples, but you could only receive that state-aided premium back from the state. And that, that fell on the fair. That didn't fall on the exhibitor. That's an important thing to understand, that you could always exhibit and you always received your premium, but how much fell back on the fair was probably the biggest thing. At the end of the day, throughout this entire process, the part that was great is that legislation understood that we needed more funding in order to allow that component to happen if we were going to make a change. So at the end of the day, with this most recent bill, it will allow fairs to not have to track if someone has exhibited at a different fair or not. So they don't have to ask another fair and find out, hey, did this exhibit take place? Because if so, I have to deduct it on my form that I submit in. So it streamlined that process. The other thing is it will open the door for other fairs to decide whether or not they want to let even more exhibitors in on their fair or not. And that onus always does fall back on the fairs because at the end of the day, they need to make sure that they have enough room and that they've got money to cover the expenses that come with more exhibits at their fair. So at the end of the day, the funding was something that allowed all fairs to now have that opportunity to streamline that process and not have to do extra bookkeeping to find out who's exhibited at another fair or not. With county fair season being not even quite halfway through, what can you tell interested folks who want to go out and check out county fairs? What can they look forward to in the coming months ahead with county fair season still in full swing? Well, if they haven't had the opportunity to go, it's an awesome avenue to explore anything agricultural related. We always talk that there's so many different ingredients that go into making a fair. Some fairs choose to have entertainment, that that entices some people to come. Some fairs have beer, which entices people to come, tractor pulls, that type of stuff. And then some people just want to come and watch the kids exhibit and see those components. And then don't forget about the vendors that are at our fairs selling their goods and so forth and who can forget the fair food. Every one of those aspects, somebody should be able to find some ingredient that goes into a fair that makes them want to have a good time and understand the importance of the fair industry. An increase in the number of fairgoers attending our county fairs and an increase in the amount of money from the state for premiums are both positive news for county fairs. If you haven't had a chance, there are still plenty of opportunities to head out and enjoy a county fair. 
From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Nate Zimdars. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer. But did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Whether it's finally getting that blue ribbon or enjoying too many carnival rides, we all have memories of the fair. Here's your chance to share those stories in our Everybody Has a Fair Story contest. The Midwest Farm Report is teaming up with the Wisconsin Association of Fairs as they celebrate 100 years of fairs to share the fair story. Entries are being accepted all summer long, and there are cash prizes. To enter and see full contest details, visit MidwestFarmReport.com. Now it's time to take a look at our Friday morning market numbers. Cash corn is trading at 490 and a half, up nine and three quarters. December 2023 corn is trading at 503 and a quarter, up nine and three quarters. Cash soybeans are trading at 1394 and a quarter, up 12 and a half. November 2023 beans is trading at 1338 and a quarter, up 13. September 2023 wheat is trading at 643 and a half, up 16 and a half. September Class 3 milk contract is trading at 1727 a hundredweight, up 8 cents. And October milk is trading at 1773 a hundredweight, up 6 cents. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Nate Zimdars. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Ergonomic office chairs that fit different employee body shapes and sizes is smart business. This is Zach from Office Furniture Warehouse. The proper fit reduces stress and pain, keeping your workforce at the office and productive. Name brand office furniture with warehouse pricing allows us to create better workspaces for America's workforce. That's simply smart business. Visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue on the north side. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A Skincare Minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. 
For all of you that had your first date riding around the field in a tractor cab, this is the Midwest Farm Report. We're recognizing farms and homesteads that have been in the family for more than 100 or 150 years. I'm Charity Stevecker from the Midwest Farm Report. These families will get together at the Wisconsin State Fair in West Allis on August 8th for a celebratory breakfast. One farm being recognized is the farm of the Bollinger family. This Buffalo County farm's history dates back over 100 years. The farm started with dairy, hogs, and chickens and has now become more focused on crops. Marilyn Bollinger shares the story of the farm's history and how important this honor is to the family since her husband's passing. In October of 1923, my husband's grandfather, Louis O. Bollinger, and his wife, Della, bought the farm and our farm is in Buffalo City, on the edge of Buffalo City. And his grandpa, Tom's grandpa, was diagnosed as a young man with crippling arthritis. So they had hoped that they would make a living on um, the small farm, you know, and as typical of many small farms at that time period, it was a few cows and a few chickens and a few pigs in the large garden. And they raised, as many farmers did, alfalfa, hay, oats, corn, and soybeans. One of the interesting things about the farms in Buffalo City at that time was it's right on the river. And this was before the dam system had been constructed on the Mississippi River. And many of these small farms had an island that the cows would graze on in the summertime. The waters would have been real low during during hot weather, and the cows would go out there and graze, and then they'd come home to be milked. So the Bollinger Farm still actually owns an island. It's about 12 acres. What were those first years like? What were some of the memories of highlights or challenges that were faced? Well, in those first years, of course, because Lewis was uh, becoming more and more disabled, Merlin, their son, as he was still in high school, he was having to work the farm and do most of the work. And then as a young man right out of high school, he continued to work on the farm and help his parents out. And then he married my husband's mother, Verna, and then they continued farming. And at some point, I'm, I'm not sure when, but at some point then Lewis and Della moved into a little house and Tom's parents, Merlin and Verna, stayed here in this house. So Tom was raised in this house, and then he and I raised our family in this house. And my son Jesse still lives here, and he will continue to raise, you know, will continue to run the farm. My husband Tom passed away in November of 2021, so this century farm highlight of our life is kind of bittersweet because Tom is not here, but it would have meant the world to him to have reached this milestone. So it's important to us to to do this too. At some point in Merlin and Verna's farming careers, they bought some more acreage north in the northern part of Buffalo City from the Dom farm. And then they also bought some blocks. There, Buffalo City was actually plotted out like over a hundred years ago. You know, there wasn't, wasn't people here, but 
So we kind of have a joke that we still farm city blocks. And they're just what little three-acre fields, but we're still farming them. And then when Tom and I bought the farm from his parents, Merlin and Verna, then we added some acreage, too. We bought part of a farm that was neighboring farm and, you know, some other acreage. So our farm now is 287 acres, which is not huge by many farms in the United States, but it's what we are, <laughs> our 287 acres. And we are no longer raising livestock. We are raising corn and soybeans, so we're crop farmers. What are some of your favorite memories from the farm? Well, that would be, of course, raising the family and the different family generations. And then when family members, cousins and aunts and uncles and so on of Tom's parents would come here and they would talk about things that happened when they were growing up here on this farm or even their memories of this old house that we're still living in. And other memories are when our two children, Amy and Jesse, were children, they were active in 4-H and then in high school active in FFA. And we were raising hogs, <clears throat> and we did until, oh, maybe 10, 12 years ago. We hosted a lot of FFA events. They were both active with the Swine Entrepreneurship Proficiency, and Amy and Jesse both won first place at the Wisconsin State FFA Convention. And then our son Jesse went on to place at the national level, too, with his swine entrepreneurship. And Amy was also a state FFA officer in 1996-97, and then following year, she was elected state FFA president, 1997 and 98. So we hosted here at the farm different FFA events. So there were families and young people from around the state who came here, and of course, we'll always remember those occasions. Marilyn Bollinger shares the story of her family farm in Buffalo County. The Century Farm Program originated as part of Wisconsin's Centennial Celebration in 1948, and each year about 100 properties are honored. You can listen to the full interview as well as other farm stories at Midwest Farm Report.